Kamusta, this is your host Alicia, aka your favorite Asian. Now, today I'm going to do a little switcheroo on my usual content. I typically do my spiel on a certain topic, then I get into the murder case, but today I decided I'm going to start off with the murder of Elvira Manahan, then get into my topic. If you read the title of this episode, it says mindfulness exercise. Now that I'm currently getting a master's in social work, we learn and demonstrate mindfulness techniques occasionally, or we read about them, so I thought, you know, why not do one at the end of this episode? I would rather you be calm at the end than start off calm at the beginning then go straight into a gruesome murder, so that is the reason for the switch this week. So with that, let's get right into it. This is the death of socialite Elvira Manahan. Manahan was born to parents Simeon Ledesma and Conchita Bermijo of Soleil City. Elvira is another name for an elf-like puck in Shakespeare's Midsummer's Night Dream, which brings pranks and unexpected joys into our lives. And that is what Elvira did for many. As was customary at the time, the couple's eldest child was sent to live in Manila, so Elvira lived with her grandma, aka Lola, and aunts, aka titas. Growing up, Manahan was considered one of Manila's beauties. At 16, Manahan married Armando Mandy Eduque in a well-attended society wedding right before the end of the Second World War. As liberation came, the newly married Manahan found out she was pregnant. One day, the dog ran out and against Manahan's wishes, Mandy ran after the dog. Hours turned into days and Mandy never came back. According to legend, it was Manahan herself who found the body of her dead husband. Pregnant in a widow at 17, Manahan visited the OBGYN Dr. Constantino Tito Manahan. Tito Manahan was the son of jeweler Juan Manahan. The doctor was well-educated, accomplished, and at the time was considered one of the most eligible bachelors in Manila. The two started a whirlwind romance and were married within a year of meeting. As Mrs. Manahan, she quickly became the society it girl with her charm and elegant style. Stories tell of her show-stopping fashion moments and eccentric stunts that could rival Bianca Jagger herself. Monahan went against the norm and attended a formal party in a simple long black gown with just a Bulgari necklace proving that less is more. One of the many names tied to Monahan is designer Ramon Valera. Monahan trusted Valera to design the very couture gowns that would cement her status as a fashion icon. Their relationship is still regarded as one of the most legendary designer muse pairings of the 20th century. As a young girl, Monahan had dreams of becoming a star. It wasn't until her later years when she followed her dreams and went on to star in a slew of films during the 70s up to the late 80s, such as Alaga, Burgess, Bangang Hari. Also in the 70s, Manahan was a talk show host on Two for the Road. A more subdued version started airing in the 80s again with Manahan, but this time with co-host Nestor Torre. Nestor Torre recalled Manahan as someone who turned ordinary days into something special and an overall adventure. She also did not care for image but for reputation. She thought image is something technical you present to your public or reputation is something you earn. She earned her reputation first as a great beauty, then on television as a great personality. The camera honestly loved her. She also had a well-known laugh that put her above the rest. Journalist Florendo compares it to the sound of a bullfrog's croak refined to an allegro pitch in a conservatory of music. Her sister-in-law said though, off camera she was quieter 
better and more intelligent than she appeared on television. The glitz and glamour all came to an end the day she was murdered on October 14, 1986. On an otherwise regular morning at 7.30 a.m., Jaime Balabot walked into the Monahan's Forbes Park home. Jaime, a real estate broker, had just sold the Monahan's Anaha Street House to the Puyat family for 8.5 million pesos and as a regular visitor was invited inside by the house help. Margarita, the maid, offered him a seat and refreshments as it was early in the morning and Monahan would not wake up for another few hours. Noticeably agitated, it was said that Jaime had spent the night at a casino. Demanding to see Elvira, Jaime immediately shot Margarita, killing her instantly. Going on a rampage, he moved around the house and shot the Monahan's other housekeepers, Sheila and Estrella. Picking up a dumbbell from the home gym, he then proceeded to the master bedroom where he prodded Monahan to write him a check. There are some discrepancies saying that Elvira did not have the money he was asking for, so he shot her, or that she went to the study to write the check when he shot her. After he shot Monahan and bashed her head using the dumbbell, Sheila, bloodied and half alive, managed to crawl out the gate and call the attention of a neighbor's maid to notify village security. Elvira was taken to the hospital where the bullet entered near her right ear and exited in a small hole on her left temple. She was wheeled into the operating room due to having a subdural hematoma, which is bleeding from the brain. Then after an hour of trying to revive her heartbeat, she died at 6.55 p.m. at age 59 with her husband by her side. The case was so prominent that it was brought up to the level of the Supreme Court. Jaime was killed while in police custody for allegedly attempting to escape. He tried to seize the pistol of an off-duty prison guard official said. He had already been in jail nearly two years on the charges and died at the hospital after the early morning shooting at the jail. The guard patrolman Rolando Ramos said he was about to leave the prison at the end of his shift when Jaime approached him, grabbed his hand, and tried to seize the pistol from his waist. His motives for the crime have been tied to gambling debt and drug use. In media, Monahan's son Johnny continues her legacy, acting as a manager for ABS-CBN Star Magic, formerly the Talent Center, as well as the senior vice president of ABS-CBN Corporation. And with that, we honor the iconic Elvira Monahan. If you stuck around for the end of this episode where we do the mindfulness exercise, thank you. I know sometimes we're in a rush, like if you're listening to this podcast in the car on your way to work or doing household chores, then maybe this is a technique you can revert back to when you want some calmness in your life. This exercise is for beginners, so you know, I will not be asking you to do too much. I learned this technique during my first semester of grad school from an amazing licensed clinical social work professor. She used mindfulness in her everyday practice, whether it be at work, class, or home lives. Some might call it the raisin exercise because they ask you to pick up a handful of raisins, but my professor did an activity where she made us listen to her talk as she played ocean music for us. So just so you know, the exercise varies. For today, I'm asking you to pick up an object, preferably a food or beverage, because it goes great to use all your senses in this exercise. Now, I will give you some time to pick an object and get comfortable, and then we will begin. Also, if you would like to close your eyes for this activity, you may do so just please don't close them if you are driving. Now with this object in your hand, 
you can begin to explore it with all of your senses. Focus on the object as if you have never seen anything like it before. Focus on seeing this object. Scan it, exploring every part of it as if you've never seen such a thing before. Turn it around with your fingers and notice what color it is. Notice the folds and where the surface reflects light or becomes darker. Next, explore the texture, feeling any softness, hardness, coarseness, or smoothness. While you're doing this, if thoughts arise such as, why am I doing this weird exercise? How will this ever help me? Or I hate these objects. Then just see if you can acknowledge these thoughts let them be, and then bring your awareness back to the object. Take the object beneath your nose and carefully notice the smell of it. Bring the object to one ear. Squeeze it if you can. Roll it around and hear if there's any sound coming from it. Begin to slowly take the object to your mouth, noticing how the arm knows exactly where to go and perhaps becoming aware of your mouth watering. Gently place the object in your mouth, on your tongue, without biting it. Simply explore the sensations of this object in your mouth. When you're ready, intentionally bite down on the object, maybe noticing how it automatically goes to one side of the mouth versus the other. Also notice the taste it releases. Slowly chew this object. Be aware of the saliva in your mouth and how the object changes in consistency as you chew. When you feel ready to swallow, consciously notice the intention to swallow. Then see if you notice the sensations of swallowing the food, sensing it moving down to your throat and into your esophagus on its way to your stomach. Take a moment to congratulate yourself for taking this time to experience mindfulness. Now, before we end this exercise, I would like to ask you to self-reflect. What did you notice with the food or drink in terms of sight, touch, sound, smell, or taste? Did any thoughts or memories pop up while doing this practice? Were there elements of this practice that you found challenging, difficult, or easy? 
What was your experience of eating or drinking with such focused attention on a single object? If you would like to learn more about mindfulness exercises, the Mindful Coach G. Ross Clark is a great resource that was adapted from the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Workbook by Stahl and Goldstein. And with that, follow me on Instagram at Your Favorite Asian Podcast and hit that follow button if you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any cases you would like me to cover, please email me at yourfavoriteasianpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to show kindness and advocate for equality. Pa'alam, and I'll talk to you again next Sunday.